everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It's your host, Katie Zaccardi, and my guest today is Matilda Lindell. Matilda is a singer and voice coach from Stockholm, Sweden, now living in New York City, and she is here to teach us all about the five steps to start your music coaching side hustle. Whether you're thinking about being a voice coach, guitar coach, mindset, mental health coach, or whatever spans the gamut (laughs) that you might be thinking about, this episode is going to help you get clear on the very first steps you should take to start your coaching business. So I'm really excited to have Matilda here. She's also the lead singer of a tribute act, ABBA band. And if you know me, you know I freaking love ABBA. So... We originally connected over that, and I'm really excited to have her sharing her advice as a voice teacher and touring musician on the podcast today. So I'm really excited to dive in. Before we do, just a couple of housekeeping notes. If you haven't already, I want to remind you to download my totally free training available for you called How to Promote Your Music and Business Without Being Salesy. So in this totally free training, you will learn, well, how to do just that, how to promote your music and show up on social media and share and get more clients or streams or patrons or whatever it is that you're promoting without being a gross car salesman. You can download this freebie by heading to katiezaccardi.com freebie and then watch it right away. The other thing I want to mention is that I will soon be opening up spots for my private coaching starting in May. So we have got some really big things in the pipeline and I can't share too much soon, so I'm not gonna. (laughs) I hopefully will be able to tell you more information about what's coming in the near future. But for now, what I can tell you is that I will be opening up private coaching spots for May, and then I probably will not have them open for a while. I've got a couple spots opening up starting for May, uh, and so if you want the spot and you know you want it, go ahead and shoot me a DM on Instagram right away, and we can talk, see if it's a good fit, and make sure that you can have your spot secured for private coaching. I only take on a limited, very small number of private coaching clients at a time, so seriously, we're only gonna be opening up like two to three spots. So if you want it, you need to let me know ASAP (laughs) because they might even be gone before I actually publicly announce it. Although I guess I'm technically publicly announcing it right here on the podcast. So whatever, it's fine. My private coaching program is for people who are musicians and especially multifaceted musicians who are building up multiple streams of income. Maybe you are a musician and a coach or you're thinking about starting a side hustle or you have a side hustle that you want to grow or you are already a music industry coach and you wanna grow your business. The great thing about my private coaching is that I meet you exactly where you're at and we go into the nitty gritty, hold you accountable, put that strategy in, work on your mindset stuff. So if you are looking for a coach who is in your corner for every aspect of building your business, I am your girl and this is the program for you. Once again, go ahead and DM me on Instagram at Katie Zaccardi if you want more information on grabbing one of these spots. And without any further ado, let's go ahead and head into today's episode with Matilda. Hey, Matilda, and welcome to the Out to Be podcast. Hi, Katie. So nice to be here. Thanks for having me. I am so excited to chat with you. So we met um, like uh, several years ago now, actually, at a conference. And um, I just love talking with you because you are one of the lead singers of a tribute act for ABBA. And of course, I love ABBA. (laughs) So we we totally hit it off. But today we're going to talk about building a voice coaching or or coaching business in general. 
obviously, as you can tell, Matilda is a musician and uh, she's multifaceted and she has a business as well. So we're going to dive into what it's like to be a multifaceted musician today. But I want you to introduce yourself in your own words <laughs> for anyone <laughs> who is not familiar with you listening today. <laughs> well, uh, I'm Matilda Lindell. I am, as Katie said, I'm a singer and songwriter, artist and a voice coach uh, from Sweden. But now I live in the U.S. in New York City. And uh, so I sort of go back and forth. It's like I have two homes, which is really, really nice. That sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the best of the best. Uh, so, yeah. And I tour a lot in the U.S. That's why I ended up to spend a lot of time here with this ABBA tribute band. So we tour, yeah, mostly in the U.S., even though we're 10-piece Swedish band. Uh, it's so much fun. And ABBA, they were Swedish, obviously. So yeah, it's fun to come here for the American audience. And right now, I I have actually re rearranged and released my own renditions of some ABBA songs, which has been super exciting to like do something very, very personal with them. And I also have been a voice coach for a long time, but I've really been starting growing it more online since we live in these times, actually. It made me, you know, sort of step up in that area more. And it's been a great journey. I'm curious to know from you, like you said, you're, you're touring, you're releasing your own music, and you started coaching a little bit more since things went virtual. But what do you feel like was the uh, reason behind creating a music career for yourself that involved many different parts? and allowed you to have like more freedom financially, I'm imagining, as well as just have your fingers and your hands in many different projects? Well, I think, I mean, it just happened that way. When I was in music college, I think, I naturally started to network more, play with more, you know, brilliant musicians, different projects. And then, you know, I got a gig there and that led to the next gig. And then I started a band there and that led to one thing. And then I got hired, you know, so it's sort of, and I actually realized I loved doing it all. I love being, you know, the lead. I love building projects. I love writing my own songs, but I also loved doing backing vocals and backing, backing up other artists, which I've done a lot back in Sweden. Um, for like Swedish artists, bigger, bigger artists than I am. <laughs> and, but I really, you know, it's everything. I like different genres and you learn so much from it. So that's how it sort of happened. And then I am super, super, super fascinated by the voice. So that's also led me down the rabbit hole of like exploring the voice more and more. And I also, have, I have a degree, but even after graduating the music college, um, in Stockholm, I just have kept on studying the voice forever and ever. It's like this mystery that can never be solved, <laughs> which I love. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's how it happened, I guess. <laughs> so like we said today, we're going to talk about the steps to start your coaching business, whether it is voice coaching and you can really apply this to any facet that you're doing. So let's dive right in. What is step number one? So step number one is find out what you love to teach, what you love to co coach on. Because, I mean, the voice or singing, it's so wide, right? Yeah. And this applies in, in your business too. It's so wide. And if you're going to really build something and see the long-term thing, you really need to, like, love it. Yeah. So 
it's like what are people asking you all the time and what what can you teach in your sleep but it still lights you up more than anything and you can talk about it forever and ever without time passing yeah for, you know, it's, it's like that's that's your thing so that's the first thing and you know it seems so obvious but especially in the beginning of building uh, your business it's common that you just like i have to take whatever is out there i have to just do it all and it's not going to last for a long time you're not going to be happy with that yeah so it's like niche down you know it's do what you love so that's the first step yeah <laughs> so i remember when i was starting my business i went through this exact dilemma because I really knew in my gut that I wanted to start with wellness coaching, but it felt like when I talked with everyone, it was like, I want social media tips or I want PR help. And I was like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and so it's funny because even though that's what people thought they wanted, it's really not what they needed uh, for my ideal client, at least. And so <laughs> that's one lesson that I would share in this process is like, Sometimes you know deep down what it is. You just have to listen to your gut and get really clear on what it is you want to do, not what you think you're supposed to do or what you think you should do based on other people or your own perception, uh, you know, or expectations of yourself. And, and it was super interesting. Now, of course, fast forward, and I've now pivoted from being a wellness coach to being a full-blown career coach. So <laughs> you also can change, but like, yeah, but like, it's good to figure out what, where, what is the starting point going to be? And where do you see some sort of longevity to, to move forward with? That being said, I also speak with a lot of people who uh, are musicians. And again, just like we've talked about, especially now are wanting to branch out their offerings and wanting to do some sort of coaching or teaching. And a lot of them will naturally go towards teaching voice or teaching guitar, but if they're not trained, it's kind of discouraging or they're not sure exactly where to start. So what recommend recommendations you have, especially as someone who is a voice teacher, to getting into that field? Like, should people who don't have qualifications or degrees be teaching voice or guitar or anything like that? Is there a process you recommend going through to get set up in that way? Or do you think that um, finding another niche might be more, more appropriate. I mean, I guess it depends on because depending what your area of expertise within your, you know, profession, um, is maybe then you don't teach sustainable technique and very nitty gritty technique stuff, but right. maybe you, if you're an artist who has a lot of experience and how to handle you know, stage fright or how mm. to, you know, just go for it, you know, whatever it is you need, you can have that thing. So that is actually, I mean, that's, that's my next, you know, step. It's like creating the content, like create the content, um, that will attract your ideal customer. Mm. So, I mean, because if you're, if you want to teach that, you know, how to, get over stage fright or how to get, you know, handle your nerves on stage. Yeah. Create, don't create uh, some free content around voice health, you know, or belting. <laughs> yeah. So just do that. And I'm sure that would work. But of course, I mean, you know how it is. If you have a degree, that means you have a lot of experience, uh, yeah. probably. So you will have maybe more on your feet, so to speak, to teach it, of course. 
Yeah. And um, the confidence too. Like if you feel like you don't have the skills to teach voice, but you're forcing yourself to do it, you're probably not going to show up and really vouch for yourself and like promote yourself because you don't actually deep down feel confident that you can teach people something. Exactly. It's a, all about the mindset. I mean, becoming a coach as well, even though like, oh, I can sing, I'm a teacher. It's still like, you need to work on the thing that you know that you have something to offer. Yeah. And they can take it or leave it, but you know what you have and not be like afraid of actually providing what you have to offer because it's some that has definitely in the past been my, you know, a brain ghost. Do you say that here? No. <laughs> brain <laughs> ghost. I love yeah. that though. <laughs> but you get the point, right? Brain yeah. ghost is like something like, oh, can you really, offer, you know, can you really sell, you know, will anyone really want this or are you the right person to teach this? And it's like, I know that I have stuff to offer. I'm going to offer it and they can, it's up to them to take it or leave it. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> wait, it's basically like imposter syndrome, but you call it yeah. a brain. I actually <laughs> love that because you're kind of like, it's not like the imposter syndrome is you. You're kind of saying it's this it's outside of you. <laughs> ghost figure that's taking over. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you know, and you have yeah. to, Abaz, I love it. Um, but it's so true. And I love that you gave examples of like, you know, maybe you don't t teach technique if you don't know technique, but can you teach like stage presence or confidence or, you know, singing on stage and arranging your set? Like there's so much that people really need support with that you might be an expert on that's not just like the obvious things that everyone else does. So really thinking outside of the box and getting clear on what your unique skills are and your unique talents are and what you're really passionate about can help you niche down even further because the more clear your offer is, you know, the easier it's going to be to market that with the content and uh, get clients. So walk us through number two, which you said was creating good content that's going to attract your clients. Yeah. And, and it's just about that to, to really create content around what you really want to teach and also like on the level you want to teach it. So like, is it beginners or is it advanced? Uh, because nothing is wrong or right here. It's like, sometimes you like, you like, you know, the beginners and that's your expertise. That's where you thrive and do the best, create your content for beginners. So they it can resonate with them. If you're talking over their heads, they're not gonna, they're just like, oh, that sounds interesting. I don't yeah. get one word of what she said. I talk about problem awareness a lot or talking about pain points. And a lot of people, when they get into coaching, I feel like they jump right to like educational posts and do this, do this, do this. But I love that you brought up, you have to meet your audience where they're at and know that if you're doing content that's way too advanced, it's going to go over their head. And I feel like it's very similar to uh, the concept of introducing like problem awareness before the solution awareness or the educational posts, because you want to be setting your client up or your future clients up to understand like why you're talking about something, why it's important or the problem that they might be having and then introduce the solution. So you're not just like spitting out all of these like technique facts or crazy yeah. things that they're like, I don't even know why this is relevant to me. So it's not <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah, it, it, that's exactly how it is. And, but also if you talk about something uh, in that way, maybe, some people will be attracted to that because they are at that are at that place. Still, you need to, as you say, talk about why you still need to give a little bit of story around it, you know, to sort of make them also interested. 
this I'm going to talk more about this uh, a little bit later. Actually, it's 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 a good point you're making. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay. So, what is step number three? Step number three uh, is actually to to not make this overwhelming. Is like start where you are comfortable because you don't need to have thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram, you know, to have a thriving business. It is good to have social media up and running and all that because, uh, and you, I know you, you're, you're a pro at this, Katie. I see <laughs> my feed and it's such a good thing. Uh, email list building is mm -hmm. like the most important thing, I think. And the social media is such a great addition to that because you get reminded you want to see the person. And that is also a great way to find new people, but you can have a more maybe close and direct intimate communication with your customers via email. And they most more often open their emails than they see all your posts, right? Yeah. And you don't need to feel like I need to do all the things. I mean, honestly, I obviously I have a artist part side of it and yeah. I have the coaching and I just, that's a full-time job to post for both of those. So yeah. I just started my voice coaching, voice studio accounts, you know, because I didn't start with that because, mm. you know, I knew that would probably not be the way I would sell and get customers and build up fastest, you know, trust. Um, so the email list have been a real good thing for, for me, you know, to start and maybe Facebook, private Facebook groups or, you know, um, build communities somewhere so don't feel bad if you don't have all the <laughs> you don't need to do all the things at the same time it's okay yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people who are listening probably have like an artist instagram and maybe even an, an email list for their music career already set up so i'm curious what you what your thoughts are as far as if they're now going to introduce another uh facet to their business and start coaching do you think that it's best to create a new separate email list and a new separate Instagram? Have you ever done them together? And what was your experience like either way? And what do you recommend? I would definitely recommend to do separate ones because I don't think your fans, all of them don't want to take voice lessons. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, that I know. And if they want to, they will find the other one. Like, and vice versa. So I think it's good for me as a voice coach, a strength for me is that I'm also like a very active touring singer. That is a, you know, it's, it's valuable in my coaching business, but my fans are not my ideal customer. Yeah. It's so two different I, audiences. Yeah. Very different audiences. And they will find, they will find each other. You can always, if you want to, you can always like, Oh, you know, I do this. And with my, with my fans, I, they know I'm a voice coach. Uh, I talk about that because they get to know me, right? Yeah. Uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, but about the, you know, engaging your fans. But um, so they will know. And I do have some fans that uh, I give some voice tips sometimes. And, you know, it's like they know, you know, but yeah, it's it's they are not going to be your long, long term customer. No, I don't think so. But yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? <laughs> I think I agree for the most part. I think it sometimes depends because at the end of the day, if you're doing this, 
your personal brand. Like even in your coaching business, you're going to be a personal brand. So I think exactly what you said is right. Like it comes down to the audience. If the audiences are largely the same, like I have a couple clients where like their audiences and fans tend to be people who really love music and are musicians and are into learning about this stuff. And so she can kind of merge the audiences uh, to some extent. Although even still, she's separating them in the email lists to make sure that people aren't receiving things that they don't want to receive. So most of the time, I think it's good to have a separate email list and a separate Instagram or socials. But I don't, I'm not a fan of having like a million different accounts for each thing. Like I don't think you need to have the personal Instagram account that's free for everyone to view and the music one and the coach one and the one where you talk about planting flowers. Like I think that is overkill. So like create two separate ones, but don't, and again, just like you said, don't overwhelm yourself because that that's where I think the overwhelm comes in if people feel like they need to have five different accounts for everything and like separate it so much where the reality is your personal uh, you know, connection points and like the things about you, you can integrate into your accounts. And just like you said, you can even cross promote them, but still keep them separate enough so that they're serving the ideal audiences that they serve. So yeah, I think you perfectly said it. Yeah. And that makes so much sense. If, if you find that your audience are very similar, then go for it. But you know, that's great. That's not the case in, in my case. Yeah, in most <laughs> cases, probably not. You know, you, and you, like you said, you might have some fans, like you can tell them, all right, here's where I'm talking about coaching. And if they come yeah. over, that's great. But yeah, if people just want to hear your music and they're like, why is she trying to pitch me into voice lessons? <laughs> <laughs> they might be kind of confused and you don't want to turn people off in that way. Exactly. You said something, yeah, you might make them confused. I mean, the fourth step is actually to bring in like in your content and whatever you're providing actually in your courses and whatever you're doing it's like bring in your values and your personal stories mm. and your failures and your wins you know all in that because that will make people resonate so much more with you and also i mean honestly we are like teaching the same thing like if you're a voice coach like it comes down to sort of you have niches and you have genres maybe but yeah. the voice the voice so why do people come to you? It's because you have this way of teaching it and they understand you, you give them some energy or like it's a fun experience, a lot of whatever it is that resonates. Yeah. Don't be afraid of being vulnerable and, you know, tell them how you got there and how you struggled with that thing. Or, and even when you're creating your courses and membership, whatever it might be, um, what are your values and what are your audience values? Are, are they moms who are busy and can't take a course except for when the babies are asleep? I don't know. You need yeah. to bring in like, how do they intersect with your teaching? Like bring it in. Like don't, don't try to like avoid it. Just bring it in there. <laughs> yeah. So what's interesting about that too, it's like really identifying the niche of what you're teaching but then also the niche of like who you're teaching it to and it and then it sounds like you're saying bring in like the personal connection points and your personality into it because mm -hmm. it, it's so true like 
And this is why, this is something that I think maybe coaches get discouraged about because it's like, it's so saturated. There's already so many teachers. I don't think I could get clients. Like, why would anyone want to take lessons from me or be coached by me? But the reason that they'd want to is because of you. It's because of your personality or whatever, however else you relate to them. So do you have any tips in particular for how coaches can start to implement this, especially if they're feeling a little bit maybe uncomfortable or, or nervous at first to start really sharing about their journey or to start to really share their personality with people? Uh, yeah, I mean, first think about what, what you resonate with. Like for me, for instance, humor is super important, like all the time, <laughs> every day, right? So in my teaching, uh, and you know, the voice is so, the voice, it's so personal and very intimate. You can really get stuck. So number one thing for me is I want to do it very playful so you can, you know, feel free and not get stuck in your head. So a lot of humor. At the same time, I'm very specific also in my teaching, which, you know, it's, I'm not, I, I'm very much about mindset and all of that because it's connected, but I'm also very specific, but in a playful way. So that's my style. And one my stories also is is for instance that i'm a singer and i can tell my audience and my students about you know when i was on stage and hated that note and had to sing it and i had to figure out a sustainable way of singing that song night after night even though at the time i was like i hate my voice right now you know it's just be vulnerable and start just start from your experiences yeah uh and what you have struggled with yourself think about what you what you like and the coaches you have taken courses for being coached by that's That's such a great way to think about it so what is step number five step number five is just ask your customers what they want so in the beginning when you sort of have if you build this like kind of foundation it's still hard to know is it working if depending on how much your customers are communicating with you, right? But ask them what they want, because then you can find out. Uh, And this is also the same thing, actually, about maybe your customers end up being a group of people that you did not expect. And then they are limited to some something, and then you can just adjust. Or maybe you think you don't teach this thing that you think they know already. But they are like, when is you going to teach this thing? Or they don't even know that they don't know. (laughs) You know, so just ask them, like survey them or or just ask them one on one. Like, and really, if you have a, I mean, obviously, if if you're building it from scratch and it's a new business, you probably can reach out to everyone that you have been, you know, that you sold some something to or to or even just if if they are about to buy something, ask them. So um, what is holding you back from this? Can you, like, what would you need to actually do this? Or how can I be more clear about this or what it is? Or when they have taken a course from you or had coaching sessions, ask them what was most valuable and what would you like more of? What's working now and what's still not working for you? You know, so you can provide them with the best from your expertise. So sometimes you, you have this knowledge um, that you can teach, but you don't really know what they need, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. So especially as a, as a coach starting out, it's really important to be in touch with what your audience needs. When you're getting started, do you tend to take on clients for free at all? Do you dive right in with like a launch to promote your services? What do you recommend for number one, getting to know your initial clients and audience right at the beginning? And maybe even like experimenting with your specific way of teaching and uh, getting some testimonials. Like what's your take on like coaching for free? Because a lot of people will do that or just starting right off strong with a beta program. What do you think? I mean, I think it's it's very important to uh, provide free content of some sort. And I actually have found it kind of su- successful. If you find like wherever you're, you need to find out where your audience is, of course. And if you have s- sort of a hum where they are, are they in Facebook group communities or is it like, what is it? Are they on social media? Everyone is on Twitter. You know, I don't know. Like if you have that then you can do something free that gives a lot of value, maybe a mini course or a challenge. So they really get to know you. And that's almost like, you know, giving free coach, like it's a lot of free content, you know? Uh, I think that is a good thing and it builds trust. And after that, you can even do, if they're interested in your one-on-one coaching or your upcoming course launch, what, I don't know what, whatever you're selling at that time. Yeah. Have a free, uh, call with them too, because I think that will benefit you in the long term because you also want to click with this person. Yeah. And you, you want to, you know, so I think it, it can definitely work. Obviously when you are scaling your business, which, um, comes a little bit later, but when you're scaling, you can't see everyone for a 15 minute free call. It, it will not work, but I definitely think, yeah. yes, if they're interested, it's, it's nice. You, you're building that trust and they will have, get the chance to be comfortable with you and s- see your style. So I think, yes, if you have the space for it, do it. So we've talked about getting really clear on what it is that you want to teach, how you want to teach it and who you're teaching it to and showing up with uh, content to really get your audience in your space and of course wanting to work with you. I'd love to talk a little bit about working on warming up your audience. And this applies both as a coach and as an indie artist. But the first question I have is for anyone who's thinking, okay, I have my audience as an artist, but I know now that I have to kind of set up my own email list and my own Instagram for the coaching and really start putting out content there. How do I build my initial following there? Because obviously it's not going to be just people coming over. You know, not everyone's going to come over. So besides putting out free content, uh, which hopefully will lead to some organic growth, but you know, with Instagram, it's pretty saturated (laughs) right now. What do you recommend for building up that first wave of audience members to really get started before you actually pitch your offer to them? So... For the coaching business, you mean? Yes. Yes. So um, I would recommend to, if you have this free thing, let's let's say that you have been offering a free mini course where they have gotten to know you, which gives them a lot of free content. Uh, hopefully they got the course through signing up from your email list. Yeah. Then, I mean, you can just ask them to like, hi, follow me on social media. 
I will give will be giving you some free content there. I will be doing this. Um, they probably trust you so much by then that they will follow you and you can continue like because you need to continue giving them value through the emails as well. And then if you have a video or a post where you're coaching on something or having talk about something, maybe a pain point of some sort, write a little bit about it in the email and, you know, link to the Instagram post. Mm -hmm. So they, it's like they get connected and, you know, you just ask them and yeah. please click follow and you, I will keep you in the loop, you know? Yeah. Of course, there is definitely paid marketing. And I mean, having a coaching career and like an artist career, organic reach is, you know, it's only so far. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to say, like, you have to first get people on your email list. So do you use paid marketing to do that at first? Or do you like organically post it in certain places before you go to paid marketing? What do you recommend? So honestly, for my voice coaching business, I have not done any paid ads yet. I will do that. But it's just because I'm just building my foundation. So I want to start where I'm at, uh, building the foundation before I'm like doing it. And as I said, my social accounts, I just started them. And for now, I just sort of have a few, like I barely told anyone. It's just like I wanted to have them there. And, you know, now the work is starting. But I've been working super much on finding my clients my idle clients in Facebook communities. Yeah. Word of mouth, uh, a little bit social media, but uh, it's more private conversations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so not like this post on my thing. And then the word of mouth has actually brought me a lot of, you know, signups for that yeah. challenge I had. That's or, a word of mouth and referrals really can have a big impact, especially when you're getting started. And even as you're growing, because, you know, the more clients you have who have a great experience with you, the more they're going to recommend you to other people. Definitely. So I have started that and, and, and that works for me, though. With that said, I have been a voice coach for a long time. So I was I was in these communities already and I had just happened to have, you know, been participating in discussions and giving answers and value to them just because I did. Yeah. And then when I was like, Hey, I have this free workshop, you know, yeah. it was, they were like, I've never seen her name before. They had a little, and some of them even knew who I was, obviously. Yeah. So it worked for me. If you don't have that, it can be tougher. So then maybe, um, paid ad could, could be a first starting step. Uh, absolutely. And, but be careful and really build audiences that really is the customer that you're targeting. So really yeah. be kind of narrow. So I think you need to do some research first with organically to I find totally out. Yeah. So, so let, let it take time um, because, or else you will just waste money and yeah. not go like, what sh should I search for? Yeah. Like what, what interest should I build this build this audience on I'm talking Facebook ads now <laughs> so you can really go in and, and niche down on the Facebook ads and that's great but you need to gather the data first uh, before you do that so I still would spend some time just trying to interact network uh, maybe with people you meet even 
that you that's a great actually uh, um, opportunity to give some free uh, lessons or so if you meet someone who's very interested and then you can say I can give you some free a free lesson here uh, so that person can tell his new singer friend or whatever you know yeah. whatever you are profession you are in that is a way to do it but I I, I really think of the like the real <laughs> the organic version first a little bit before you do paid yeah yeah, I totally agree. I th I mean, I don't even use paid in my business, to be honest with you, that not that much, at least, because I think that there's so much power in organic marketing. And like, if you are just getting started to get to know the audience that you really like working with and not let Facebook do it for you first is very yeah. important. So such great tips there, like get in Facebook groups, provide free value and then make, you know, make more connections personal uh, referrals or personal connections like and this is so important like ask people like if you know people who have kids or who are artists or who are whoever your ideal audience is ask them hey are you interested in doing this or do you know anyone who is that you could like send this out to because that simple ask can really go such a long way and you don't know what can come just by putting yourself out there exactly I totally agree and I mean, and with that said, if you want to scale, you need ads, you, you know, but you, you want to know what you're shooting for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, um, and there's, there's so many people out there who, especially if you're doing one-on-one, -on -one, like there's only a certain number of spots you're able to take on. And so if yeah. you're just like, all right, I just want like five one-on-one -on -one coaching clients to sort of round out my income for the month and round out my coaching then that just focus on those five spots. You don't really need to do ads to get five people. If you really just put your boots on the ground and start mm -hmm. working and start talking to people and start providing value, you'd be surprised at how quickly that can come. Yes. And this will also, what you talked about before, like if you have no education in the area and no, la, 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 but you still want to do it, maybe it's harder, it will take longer. But if you're already in the, in that sphere and that business and you have been doing that you have connections and people someone knows that you know stuff <laughs> yeah and even if as an artist like if you're listening here you probably already have connections somewhere in yes. some area of the industry yes. that you can use yeah just ask <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it okay so um the last thing i want to touch on is all right, we have our business set up, we're feeling good. Now, how do we go about really nurturing strong bonds with our audience without feeling overwhelmed doing it? You know, especially if we're considering that maybe you've got the indie artist Instagrams and <laughs> socials and email list and maybe even now the coaching ones and you're balancing multiple things. What recommendations do you have for continuing to nurture our audiences without feeling really burnt out doing it? So. First of all, I think to this goes for both the artist, you know, socials and email list and the, the coaching part of it. Uh, always talk to your clients or your fans, like talk to them, try to provide content and value, but not so you're getting burnt out. Don't half ass something <laughs> if that's okay to say, but yeah, it is <laughs> you're like whatever you're doing on for your socials or your emails or your value for for both these areas like if you're doing live streams for instance as an artist 
don't do once a week if you can't rehearse and you don't have time to warm up and you like do once a month and you know put on some makeup warm up your voice practice the songs and be ready for it you know uh i think that's important um as long as you continue talking to your fans in between like answer the comments um ask them questions involve you know um get them involved that will they will feel close to you and not leave your side. And the same goes for the coaching business. Um, have private conversation, always check in. It's a little bit different though, I guess, if you have like a course, maybe it's an ongoing course, you will naturally be there more. You don't have to show up for them in the same way the people that you already, is already your customer. You don't have to feel you need to be there on social media for them as much. Right, it's a little bit different from for the artist side. You really need pr- to provide content there um, in a different way, I would say, depending on what your niche is, what what your expertise is. So that is my uh, advice, I guess. Uh, just keep on educating them um, and communicate. Ask them so you don't have to make all the decisions by yourself. You know. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good tip. For the artist side, obviously it is different because you're not like teaching or educating. So do you have any tips, especially someone who's like a touring artist? And what's interesting is like you have your own music and you have a band that you're a part of, but do you have any tips for consistently creating value on the artist side? Absolutely. So, I mean, what I said, like decide um, something you do, I guess, um, other than just you know, you should post on social media. It's, it's, it's a good way of keeping them in the loop, but email list is good and do something valuable for them. Like, mm-hmm. are you releasing music once a month, you know, and can build up a little thing about that? Or do you have live streams or do you have performance videos that you're like, do something cool for them. Yeah. But I think also this is, I have, I don't have a huge fan base, but I, I communicate with them like every day. Yeah. I answer their, they message me. I answer every comment. I comment back and I want it to be personal and I always involve them and, you know, talk to them as we're doing this together. Uh, because I mean, I, we're doing it together. If they didn't yeah. want to, if they were not waiting for me to release music, it would not be as fun. So I really need them. And yeah, honestly, if I could invite all my fans to a party this summer so we can meet in person, that would be amazing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and that's, I think that's, that's how you should feel about your fans. So yeah, don't always think about getting new fans in. Nurture the ones you have because then they will stick around. And also new fans popping in will feel this is a nice place to hang out. Yeah. So that is, I mean, I love my fans and they give me great, I mean, they're involved now. So I can, I can get a message and like, Ooh, maybe you should try this. You know, I was like, Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> Thanks. You know, and yeah, they like are really, I feel like they're a part of your process and that makes them more invested when the music comes out. Cause they feel like they've been waiting for it and they mm-hmm. really were there for the creation of it. Yes. And it's the same thing here as we have talked about so many times like ask them 
ask them to do stuff. Yeah. Ask them what they think about stuff. Here you can definitely, I mean, you can't ask really your coaching clients, you know, can you do like, it's not the same, but here it's more that your, your artist career is a business. Yeah. And the, your team, your working team is your fans. Like you need, it's, it's, it's like you're hiring a publicist. Your fans, it's it's like they're part of the business, and make them it like don't keep it a secret. Yeah, Just, you know, I think yeah, I, that has been super valuable for me. And That's such also, a great tip. Yeah, so that will that will keep them <laughs> <laughs> keep them close. <laughs> awesome. Okay, do you have any final tips to give to anyone right now who is thinking about expanding their music business and their music career? and starting to get into teaching or coaching uh, and, you know, is looking for some words of wisdom as they do. Well, as we have said though, but do what you love because then you can do it for a long time. Even though it's gonna be hard and difficult at times, it's gonna feel, you know, whatever it is, but as long as you love what you do, it will all be okay in the end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, let us know where can we keep up with you, follow you, and work with you. So I, as an artist, I you can go to my website, matildalindell.com, and you will find everything there. You can sign up for my mailing list. It's going to be, it's fun stuff there. You should yeah. sign up. <laughs> and uh, you will find all the things like my music and, and all that. And for the coaching business, I have a free Facebook group if you're into voice technique uh, that, well, I guess you can put the link in the show notes for them to, to find it. Yes, and, definitely. We will do that. Yeah. So later this summer, I will have a challenge within the group for a little bit more advanced belting, belting techniques, which I'm really looking forward to. Great. Well, Matilda, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your value. We will be sure to make sure everyone go follow her, keep up with what she's doing, join her Facebook group, and uh, let us know what your big takeaways from this episode were by sharing it with us on Instagram. Thanks again, Matilda. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.